Well, good morning, everyone. As I stated earlier, it's been raining quite a bit, and um, I'm hoping that the that the rain doesn't come. I mean, I'm, I'm under a little canopy here, but you know, sometimes it may not cover the wind, the rain if the wind's blowing. Um, I'm thankful for the rain. Hallelujah. As it says in John 15, read the scripture here. John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. And the husbandman is the Greek word that means, it's word gorgos, and it means a husband, a tiller of the soil, a vine dresser, a land worker, or a farmer. Hallelujah. Can you believe that? Our Heavenly Father is a farmer, amen. He built this earth so he could plant and grow all these beautiful creatures and plants and animals and flowers, amen. So that it got all, and it all testifies of him, amen. All right. Hello, Miss Morgan. I, I don't know how to say your first name. Alexandra Morgan Carter. Hallelujah. Well, we're doing a Facebook Live this morning. Today is September the 23rd. Today is Sunday, 2018. And uh, let's get started with some prayer here. It's 9.04 in the morning. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for this precious day. I thank you, Lord God, for your presence that's with me already. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God, that you quicken us, Father, according to your word, for your word is truth. Amen. I thank you, Father, as Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are numa, they are spirit, and they are zoe, life, God's life. Amen. And that life, amen, is what germinates on your, on your word and causes that word to become alive, alive to us. May we, be, may we be quickened to that word as, we, as the word gets dropped in our hearts. Amen. May our hearts be good soil, cultivated, ready to receive Jesus. Amen. Ready to receive his word. Amen. So that it may grow up into the kingdom of God. Thank you, Lord God, for all the precious brothers and sisters that will be partaking. May they all receive of the bread of life. Amen. Jesus, you said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every rhema that proceeds out of the mouth of God does man speak. And we understand, Lord God, that <clears throat> you speak to us in our spirits. Amen. The Dabar to the Debir to the Holy of Holies where you dwell. And you bring us light and life by your spirit. Amen. And these are the words, Father, that we can live on, glory to God. These are, these are the words that we can have faith toward God on. Thank you, Father. And I bless you, Lord, for all the many brothers and sisters that are partaking, that are here, these messages, Father. May they be, they be nourished and strengthened and edified and equipped, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Well, you know, uh... I've been working with Faith Toward God for quite a, quite a while now, and all those videos and all those audios are uploaded on Facebook, I mean on YouTube, excuse me, and uh, it's interesting how there's a great need, obviously, for understanding the Word of God and for having the foundation built up and re-strengthened, amen, re-established, reaffirmed, 
because <clears throat> many of us don't understand why we need to believe certain teachings and principles. I was reading an article this morning that talked about many in the body of Christ are falling away or they're not partaking anymore. And uh, it listed out certain a lot of reasons, but, but I know that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do, correct? So, in other words, Jesus called this in Hebrews chapter 5, start with Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. And we're going to read this. It says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So there's two correlations there, milk and meat, and then we got first principles of the oracles. Oracles is the word logion, and it means the logicals. In other words, God is able to utter even in the, in the even His word, Amen. The principles of the oracles, the first principles, and He's saying that you have need that one teach you again. So in other words, you sh you should have already been taught these principles. And many of us in the body of Christ, we don't even know what the foundational principles are. You understand? So therefore, why is it important for the foundation to be strengthened? Why is it important for the foundation to be laid in our lives? In other words, why should there be a certain order of the Word of God that comes into our lives? Well, because when the rains come and the floods come, the floods come, and the winds blow, as Jesus said, if it's built on the sand, which typifies, exemplifies, a weak foundation. <laughs> I mean, how weak can you get? Put a chair in the sand and it just slides right in. You see? As opposed to building your house on the rock, hello Eugene Estrada, which is Jesus, the scripture calls him the chief cornerstone, the stone that the builders rejected. The very chief stone, the first stone, was rejected, right? So, <clears throat> That first stone, which is Jesus Christ, they didn't even accept him in their day. Carlos Jorge Aguirre Rodriguez. Ooh, that's a mouthful. <laughs> All right, so you see, so Jesus, the rock, that's the, that's the foundation that we should have been built on. But since we've never known in the body of Christ how to structure a born-again Christian, how to raise him up, how to father him, okay, as Paul said in first. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15, 415, For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. And then he says in verse 16, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Hallelujah. So, you see, Paul said, I fathered you in the faith. I brought you up. I nourished you. I'm not telling you I'm your father. I'm telling you that I've brought you up to the Father, you see. And there there are brothers and brothers in our lives that are fathers in the faith, amen, that we go to, that they constantly encourage and strengthen us, and they bring that seal of significance from the Father. You understand? See, we get a little twisted up, you know, today in the body of Christ about the fatherhood principle and the, and the ministry and so on related to fatherhoods and sons. We only have one Father, and, his, and, and, he, and, and, that, and our Father is who Jesus Christ is, is bringing us into, unto. Hello, Mr. Gleason. So, anyway, 
Paul said, Yo, you have 10,000 instructors. You've got a lot out there in the body of Christ. And they're teaching. And they're preaching. And they're holding events. And they're doing all this work. You see, but you have not many fathers. Who's going to take the time to spend with you and teach you and train you and bring correction to your life when necessary and bring you back in order and reconcile you back to the Father? Right? First, Second Corinthians 5. As it says, all things are God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. See, every brother and sister should be at that place where they're able to be quickened in their spirit and matured and so on. And, they're, and, they're, and their senses are, dis, are, are uh, as it says in Hebrews, back in Hebrews 5, having their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, we should all be at that place where we're strong in the Lord and we're able to reconcile back to the Lord what's out of order. Right? When a brother or sister steps out of line, we should be at that place where we can bring them back to the Father and bring them back in order to the Father. Right? And so, even so, um, as it says in 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word, the logos of reconciliation. So, you understand that we all have that ministry. We all have that place where we should be reconciled back, reconciling back to the Father. To wit, that God was in Christ. Okay, Christ is in us. So that same ministry, we should be going after it and bringing the body of Christ back in order to our Father. Now, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 5, 12, verse 13. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So, if all you have is milk, and if all you're preaching is milk, you must be born again, for example. That's a basic foundational teaching, right? You've got to be born again, or you won't even get to see the kingdom of God, Jesus said in John chapter 3. And he said, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. You cannot enter. You won't be able to walk in this kingdom of God unless you're first born again. And Jesus said, the wind blows where it listeth, and now hears the sound thereof, but you can't tell where it's coming or where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. We're talking about spiritual birth, the breath of God coming into your spirit and making you alive. Glory to God. Now, now, glory to God. You're a fortified strength in the Spirit. you got strength. You're fortified, in other words. Now you can hear the Word, and when you hear the Word, It'll be quickened in your spirit, amen. Now you can begin to exercise faith toward God and move and grow in the grace of God and move from glory to glory, from faith to faith and get to a place where you understand the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So I said all that to say that if you don't have the foundational principles in your life, when the winds come and the floods come and the rains come, you see, as I was stating earlier, how many in the body of Christ are just falling away, and, and the reason is because they didn't have a foundation. Some of them even fall away because they don't believe that, that they need to suffer. Well, how are you going to get tried? You know, the scripture says, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, right? Diverse trials, different types of trials, count it a joy, right? And, and, and count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, this is what you know, that the trying of your faith worketh 
patience. That word patience is a Greek word, hupomene, H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E, which means constancy, faithfulness, reliability, fidel. You see, you're constant. Every time you get tried, every time you go through something, it doesn't matter. You don't complain. You don't murmur. You don't change your confession on the Word of God and what you stand for and what you believe because the foundation is strong, glory to God. The winds come, the floods come, the rains come. You don't fall. You maintain your profession, as the scripture says in Hebrews. Amen? Maintain the profession of your faith. And, and as it says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession in Christ Jesus. Profession, homologia. Homologia means to speak the same as the word. Acknowledgement. Whatever the word says, I believe it. And therefore, what I believe, I confess. Not just confessing to, for confessors' sake, confessing what he drops in my spirit. That's what you bring forth. That's the word that you stand on, you see. Lord of God. Can y'all, can y'all? All right. So, okay, now, back to the foundation principles. <laughs> Chapter 5, 12 again. We're actually 13 now. So everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Babe, there is the Greek word, napios. I'm just going to briefly touch on something here. There's five Greek words that speak of the spiritual maturity of the Christian. And, and I'm just going to start them out here. Napios, Parion, Technon, Weos, and Pater. In 1 Corinthians 4 earlier when I was reading, the word Father there is the word Pater. So Napios is a babe just getting started with the kingdom of God. It's still on milk, a lot of milk. That's what that's what you give babes. You don't give them the complicated things like you got to die to yourself. <laughs> and uh, and then the word potion is like the potty stage, okay? And uh, that's where you got a baby that that's walking around a little bit. It looks like a little man, a little woman, but they still have a long way to go. And then you have technon, and uh, there's a reference to a scripture in John 1:12 where that verse is. I mean that uh, that Greek word is used. <clears throat> to as many as received him, to them gave he power or authority to become the sons of God. Become the sons of God. Geneomai, which means to become, to generate into a son of God. And the word son there is technon. Technon is like a teenager. You have some liberties. You, you, you're starting to have a strong foundation in your life, in the kingdom of God. But... It's like a teenager when you give them the keys and the natural to your car. The daddy does, the mama does. He's getting tickets, he's rubbing, burning out the tires. And making, having all kinds of conflicts and problems, right? Alright. And then you have weos. Jesus was the fully matured Son of God. The weos of God. Romans 8.14 For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The word sons there is weos. Weos of God. The fully matured sons. Okay? These are guys that have been tried. Women, sons and daughters that have been tried. And, and they don't vacillate in their faith toward God. They don't vacillate in their confession towards God. They stay constant and strong and they're reliable and faithful and consistent. Amen. You can call on them. They'll be there for you, etc., etc. Alright. So, 
Back to Hebrews again. So now, 14. But strong meat, you see, those that are walking in maturity, belongs to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use, you see, and the word use there, a habit, whether of body or mind, practice. They habitually practice the Word of God. Hello, Miss, Mr. Sanders, Ed Sanders. Okay, they habitually practice the Word of God. They practice the principles. They do the Word, in other words. They stay constant to the Word. So even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Senses is the faculty of mind for perceiving, understanding, or judges, judging. Perception, in other words. They're able to constantly see by the Spirit because they have the Word in their hearts what is out of order, what is not of God, what is of God, what direction they should be taking in their lives because they're hearing from God, they're getting it in, they're getting it in prayer, man. They're standing in His presence. Amen? You understand? So they, they have a relationship with their Father. And, and by the way, as, the, as, a, as a brother or sister in the body of Christ, if you don't have a relationship to your Father, then I can't have a relationship to you as a, as a brother. And you can't have a relationship to me as a brother or sister. You understand? Because you're out of order. This is the order of first things. Seek ye first, Jesus said, the kingdom of God. And all these things that the Gentiles seek will be added. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to stress. You have to know who to go to. And that's Jesus Christ. And that's the kingdom of God. Your heavenly Father. Amen. He's already made a path. He's already made a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see? You can't come to the Father. You can't even approach Him because you don't even... If, you don't, if you're not covered in the blood of Jesus, if you don't understand the principle of what He did for you on the cross and death, burial, and resurrection, then you're, you, don't, you don't have a place with God. You must be born again. Order first things. Amen. So having their senses exercised to discern both good and evil, you're able to see clearly by the Spirit, by the Word, what is out of order, what is not of God, etc. Now, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles, leaving, that means you should have, now that you've gotten the foundation, now that you understand the foundation of principles, now you need to go on. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, go on into more mature understanding of God, in other words. Let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do of God permit. You see? And so, Jesus said, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Jesus said, If you don't obey my words, then, I have, then I, you're not part of me. So, if you're not involved, if you're not, if you're not obeying God's word, then don't even try. Hey, Ruby, Debbie. Don't even, don't, don't even consider that, that you're going to get before the Father. You have to go the way of God, in other words. Alright. So today, we're going to get into something that... Uh, that is, again, once again, it's a foundational principle. It's called the doctrine of baptisms. If you notice, the word is baptisms is the plural. Okay? Let me look something up. I'm going to look up a scripture. And this is going to be in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 44, verse 23. Man, I need to get away from me, mosquito. Ezekiel 44, 23. If you see me swat a mosquito, 
those guys can cause problems. Ezekiel 44, verse 23. And they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between the clean and the unclean. You see, the body of Christ should, should, should always constantly be taught what is holy and unholy, you see, and then what is clean and unclean. For example, we get involved in the worldly music. Is that clean or unclean? Unclean, unholy. We get involved with programs and movies that are proclaiming demonic doctrines, for example, uh, you know, abortionism or what, you know, or uh, all these, there's, there's so many things out there, you know. So we get involved in this stuff and, and we don't realize that it's unholy. In other words, if it's unholy, then God's not even going to partake of that. So you're on your own. You understand? There's a constant, constant distinction that needs to be in our lives. <laughs> A line of separation between us and them. That's the way it is. Okay? Now, Doctrine of Baptisms. I'm going to read these out to you, and then we're going to cover some scriptures. There's seven baptisms. Okay? And the, number one is, is uh, the baptism into repentance. That was John's baptism. Number two is baptism into water. Number three is baptism into the Holy Ghost. Number four is baptism into fire. Number five is baptism into his body. And number six is baptism into suffering. And number seven is baptism into the cloud. Can you believe that? Seven doctrine of baptism. And even still there's the, the baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So there's understandings that and, and the word baptism means to be submerged fully. In other words you, you dunk something like you dunk a ball in water. You bring it out, it's all wet and covered. And that's what it means. You need to, The doctrine of baptisms is these are principles and understandings that you need to submerge yourself into. And that's not, that's not just baptisms. It's all the Word of God. See, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, there's principles and understandings that you need to understand about your Father and how He operates. You see? There's principles and understandings that you need to just understand about Jesus and His function and how He operates and what He did and accomplished. And then there's the Holy Ghost. You need to understand the functions and the operations of the Holy Ghost and how He operates. You understand? And that's what baptisms is, is you fully are immersed in the understanding of the teaching. Okay? So let's go back up now in the outline here. Let's start with uh, baptism and repentance. And let's go to Matthew 3.11. And, and, and here it goes. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is John. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. There's two right there. Baptism in the Holy Ghost, baptism in the fire. All right? And we're not going to get into it heavy right there, but the point is, he just listed three. Baptism under repentance, baptism on the fire, baptism in the Holy Ghost. And the thing about it is, if the Word of God highlighted these items, then it ought to give us a clue about what we should be seeking to understand concerning the kingdom of God. The scripture calls these the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Whose teachings are these? 
Are they mine? Are they Joseph's? No. You see? And 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 they're not my teachings. They're they are they are Jesus' Christ doctrines. Alright? So it says that, that that again there's there's three baptisms highlighted there. Repentance, uh, the Holy Ghost and fire. And the thing about John's baptism, you see, John was before Jesus. His ministry and what he did in the earth was before Jesus. He was sent to get the hearts ready for Jesus. And you can't, uh, you can't plow, uh, I mean, you can't sow seed in, in ground that is hard, you see. And so there's a scripture in Jeremiah. You hear that bird? That's a Phoebe. I'm sorry. This is in uh, Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. Alright? So we're talking about the heart. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Fallow means tillable or untilled or fallow ground. In other words, the ground hasn't been pre prepared. Anybody that, that, that is involved, hello, Miss Taylor, anybody that's involved in farming or planting a garden knows that you've got to break that ground up before you can even drop any seeds or any, or any plants into it. <laughs> How do you expect a seed to grow if it just lands on the, on the, on the, on the, on the side of the, of the ground there and it's not had been broken up, you see? And so Jeremiah says here, for thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Okay? So that's what John the, Baptist, John the Baptist's ministry was about. And it's still important in the earth today, although it's not necessary for the body of Christ to be baptized before he meets Jesus Christ. You must be born again first. After that, then comes water baptism. And we'll get into that. But the point is, is that, so John's baptism was a baptism that goes before. To prepare the heart okay and Judah praise and worship team okay it's called Judah in the Bible Judah send Judah first before the battles God's always sent Judah they praise and they worship before the father so the purpose of Judah the tribe to get the heart ready for the Lord same principle today same ministry that's John the Baptist ministry okay let's go to Acts chapter 19 verse 4 And keep in mind, you know, we have a lot of different camps out there that, that preach and teach. For example, you know, you got certain camps, all they preach is, is uh, baptism in the water. You have another camp that they preach baptism in the water, baptism into the Holy Ghost. You got another camp that sprinkles the babies. <laughs> That's out of order, you understand? That you can't do that. That's not the way the Word of God teaches us these things. So, there's three different camps right there that are teaching. And then there's another camp that teaches you that you've got to be baptized to be born again. That's out of order. So, Acts chapter 19, verse 4. Then said Paul, okay, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance. There's a baptism. 
saying unto the people that they should believe on him that should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, or let me back up here, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's start with verse 1, I'm sorry. 19.1 And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, okay, having passed through the upper coast, came unto Ephesus and finding certain disciples. All right? Men and women of God, brothers and sisters that understood the ways of God and, and were getting taught and trained in the Word of God. But keep this in mind, they hadn't even heard about this one, the doctrine of baptisms. The, the only baptism they knew, hey David, Salinas, the only baptism they knew was John's baptism. Okay, and it's going to confirm that here in a minute. And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believe? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism. Hallelujah. Then said Paul, John verily, truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, unto the saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And we're going to see more later that it's not just tongues that you get when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's power. Amen. Power to be witnesses. Not, not witnesses as go out and pass Bible tracts. And I'm not condemning that. Witnesses as those that are learning to die to themselves. You see? Alright. Mortarions. Dead. You can't, you can't provoke a dead person. In other words, dead to himself. Self, me. Alright, you can't offend a dead person. Alright. Alright, so that was Acts 19.4. And if you look here, he talked about three baptisms. Alright. Baptism of repentance. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. He laid his hands on them. And they, and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they received the Holy Ghost. So they were baptized. They, they, they knew about the baptism of John. And then Paul baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Three baptisms right there. So again, the Word of God is highlighting these areas right now because the body of Christ needs to understand where they're at with the Lord and what 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 what, what foundation they have. And, and it's clear that we, we just have not been taught properly in the kingdom of God. And therefore, when the pressure comes and the, and the trials come, we buckle. We fall. In other words, we cave. We start complaining, we start, who can do this? We start sighing, and we start, you know, all of a sudden the seed of doubt gets sown in our hearts. All of a sudden we don't see the promise anymore because we're not seeing the performance. And we don't understand the responsibilities on God as long as we maintain our profession and maintain our confession, you see. All right, and back to uh, Matthew 3.11. So, he says, um, this is called the baptism with water unto repentance. So, this is very important in, in, that, in that our hearts, you know, my little boy asked me last night, we were discussing a little bit of this, my son. I say little, but 
they're growing up fast. And uh, he said, um, how do I, hello, Miss Buckley and Jeff and Sandy, hallelujah. He asked me a question. He says, you know, I was trying to talk to somebody about titles. I don't even know. I mean, you know, I preach, I preach on that all the time. Hello, Miss Karen Nails, Cohn, and uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Weaver, glory to God. <laughs> and uh, he says, you know, I was trying to preach them how titles are out of water, basically, is what he's saying. And he says, what do I need to tell him? <laughs> and uh, I said, well, son, you know, this young little boy's heart, your little friend there, his heart's not ready. You know, he's got to receive the kingdom of God first before he understands. Hey, Miss Paula Houston. And Eloi, hallelujah, Eloi Leo. A lot of people from Dillion, Texas are represented today. That's where I'm from. Faema Cordova. Anyway, and I just had to tell him, you know, uh, well, you could have given him the word in, 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 in Job chapter 32, verses 21 and 22. And, 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 and chapter 32, verse 21. And this is what it says in Job here. He says, Let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person, neither let me give flattering titles unto man. Hello, Miss Ryan Porterfield. For I know not to give flattering titles, and so doing my maker would soon take me away. You see, all we are in the kingdom of God is brothers and sisters, right? We're not apostle this and apostle master prophet this and you know bishop this and all these all these titles that people put in front of each other, they're all functions in the body of Christ. It's like me, you know, I work in IT. I've been working in IT for quite a while now. And, uh, but I'm not an electrician. I'm not a plumber. I'm certainly not a farmer, although, I mean, I, I dabble. I'm not a master uh, carpenter, master plumber. You understand what I'm saying? I can't be everything. You see, and there's many, there's, one brother, I was reading up his bio, and he says that I function as an apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher from the apostolic mantle. Who in the world, where did he get that from? Hallelujah. Where in the world did that come from? You see, hello, Mr. Chris Burkhead and Ronnie Grace, hallelujah. Rita McClure. You understand? Where did we get this from? All right? Well, we got the hierarchy, and, 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 and the thing about being over, you know, Jesus called it the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans comes from the Greek word Nike, which is Nike, okay, which means over, ruling over, lording over the people, mastering the people. And, I, and you know, I've met people when you, you say hi to them, hello, Mr. James Perez, hallelujah. You say hello to them, and, and you say, let's say, you say, hey, hey, John. And they'll say, well, wait a minute, I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. My name is Dr. Smith. Right. Well, okay, so, so see, we got there from the world. They're the ones who put the tags in front of themselves because they need to bring significance to themselves. And, uh, and what we need to understand as sons and daughters of God, that there's, the greatest significance that you have is that you're a son and daughter of God. This is your signet, you see. And, and I want to hear from my father, well done, Joseph, thou good and faithful servant. You see, that's the one who I want to please. I want to please my Heavenly Father. Okay? Alright. Now. So anyway, talking about my son, you know, so we went over a little bit about the doctrine of baptisms and so on. And uh, 
anyway, and it was just it was just nice because you know they they they're out there and they're and they're reconciling. They don't know that they don't know that they're reconciling. But you see, when when the anointing, when you get around a brother and sisters and they're electrified for Jesus Christ, well, that'll get on you too. Well. Me and their father, you know, we talk about these things all the time, so it's understood that they're going to want to move in, in that anointing too, in that strength. All right. If you look at uh, Matthew 3, 8, let's go back a couple of, couple of verses there. And the thing that, part of what John the Baptist was, this baptism into repentance is that bring forth, therefore, fruits meet unto repentance. In other words, there should be fruit that you're bringing forth. You understand? There should be a results of the life that's been changed. You see? And uh, again, when, 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 we, when we're bringing forth fruits that are not, hello, Mr. Gooden, John Gooden, uh, unto repentance, you see, then it's called dead works. See, many in the body of Christ, and this is the first foundational principle, repentance from dead works, and many in the body of Christ are involved in going into their fellowships and going into their services, and they're involved in all these teachings and classes and stuff. And, and, and some of them may be on time for their lives, but a lot of it is not, because again, the foundation and the structure that we've been learning from is out of order in many areas, you see. But the point I'm making is that a lot of us are involved in dead works and we don't even know it. Our whole lives have been full of dead works. Born again 15, 20, 30 years. And it's all about me still. Lord of God. Oh my God. Really? And, and as we're going to see later in the baptism into sufferings is that it's not about you. It's about you dying to yourself. And that's what sufferings is. is you die to yourself. All right. Let's go into the baptism into water. And the interesting thing about this is that in Romans chapter 6, 7, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, all of them talk are death, burial, and resurrection. If you look at it in that light when you're reading it, hello, Mr. Shannon Iverson, hallelujah. So if you look at uh, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 8, Romans 6 is death, Romans 7 is uh, burial, and then 8 is resurrection. Amen? All right, so... So, baptism in the water, death, so you, you, you acknowledge the death of Jesus Christ, alright? And in the Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. The old man is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. That's the guy that needs to die. Amen? And and he's, he, like I said, there's no glory there. You know, I've heard people, I've heard individuals, I remember I was in a class one time. And this guy was up there and he was sharing, he's giving all these statistics and stuff. Wasn't giving you the word, but he's giving you a lot of good statistics. And he said, as he was up there, he says he remembers back in the day when he used to know a Latina and I'm like, what is this guy talking about? What do you mean? The scripture says, why do you glory in those things whereof you are now ashamed? Glory to God, my goodness. 
Anyway, I quickly, I started seeing back then, you know, show the house to the house in Ezekiel 43. And I started realizing, man, this is not where I need to be. And anyway, God delivered me out of that situation. But we're talking about the old man. All right, so let's, and then we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3, 5 through 10. All right, here we go. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, dead man, I mean old man, inordinate uh, uncleanness, inordinate affection, yeah. evil concupiscence. And all these are, are understandings, and, and, and there's some understanding there that if you look it up in the Greek, it will highly enlighten you. Hello, Richard. Richard Arn. Okay. And I, by the way, I use an app on my phone called, and my Android phone called My Sword. It's a great app because it lets you click on the Greek words and the Hebrew words, and you see all the scriptures where that word is used. And it, and it really lets you get into the Word of God a lot deeper than just reading it for face value, you know. So anyway, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. This is all the old man. Alright? For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which also you also walked sometime when you lived in them. You were there too, in other words. We all were. But now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lying out one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Alright? So there's a distinction there of the new man and the old man. Right? And we need to understand, as it says in... Let's go, let's go look at Romans chapter 6. Alright? Wow. We're going to have to have a continuation here. I'm seeing I'm barely in the number 2 on the baptism in the water. So what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? This is Romans 6.1. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? You see, we went down just like Jesus when he went down. Amen. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Newness is the word kainotes, which means freshness, renewal, fresh of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. Amen. As a brother and sister that's been buried with Jesus Christ in baptism, death hath no more dominion over you. When you finally understand that, and as you're submerged and give yourself... As you, as you submerge yourself into the principle of that and understanding of that, and it becomes understanding, then it becomes a way of life, you realize you're dead in Christ, but alive unto God. You see? 
In verse 10, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, in that he liveth, he liveth unto God forever. Amen. So that's that's a little bit about baptism in water. So you're buried with him. And verse chapter 5, as it says, verse 5, I'm sorry, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So you are planted together in likeness, but you're also raised. In, in, in John chapter 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said unto her, Lord of God, I am the resurrection and the life of the Zoe. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. You see, you're dead indeed unto sin, but you're alive unto God. You're dead to yourself, but you're alive unto God. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he told her, Believest thou this, Lord of God? You see, you, you, you're never going to die again because you're already dead. <laughs> Lord of God. All right. Uh, well, we, we read about the newness of life in Romans chapter 6, verse 4. And in Romans chapter 7, verse 6, let's look at that one. But no, but now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the liver. So you serve in newness of spirit. Hello, Mr. Shup, or Ms. Shup, Katie Shup. So we should serve in the newness of spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. So the dead man, he, he's involved in legalism. He's involved in administration of death. He doesn't understand I'm sorry, the one that's alive, in other words, not the dead man. You see, in other words, everything that he does is, is like I said earlier in Colossians about, you know, you know the, um, the old man. And it's all about legalism, and it's all about, you know, he's, he's, he's a, a person that's not coming forth, obviously, in Christ, you see. All right, and so that was uh, Romans chapter 7, verse 6. Now... 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I read this earlier. Amen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You serve in newness of spirit. Amen. You've got a fresh attitude. You've got a fresh outlook. You're seeing eyes now after the spirit. Amen. You're seeing after the spirit. Amen. And... Uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. You walk as a dead man. This world doesn't, doesn't have any hold on you anymore. I am crucified un, by whom... The world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. The world, the Greek word there, the word world is cosmos, which means the arrangement of the world, the way they function, the way they operate. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, it does not, it's not something that intimidates you anymore. You're not moved by that. You're a dead man, in other words. For in Christ Jesus, let's see here, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Let's see. It's not about, you know, I heard this, this broadcast and they were, they were uh, uh, selling on their broadcast a DNA kit that would show you 
if you have bloodlines that trace back to Jewish roots. I just, I mean, that is just the most foolish things. And this is the thing about the foundation. If, if, you, if you're understanding the Word of God, then you realize, as the Scripture just said here, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. You realize that the, that the life and, and, and the glory is after your spirit now, not after your flesh. So why in the world would I need to know if I have Jewish roots? I could care less. I'm born again. I'm a new creature, as it says. All right. Let's see if we can get into the baptism of the Holy Ghost now. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We're talking about the doctrine of baptisms. There's seven baptisms, and um, and the Scripture very plainly teaches us that we need to understand these. Where Jesus made reference to certain baptisms, John the Baptist made reference to them, uh, Paul did, you know. And here it says that ye shall receive power. The word power is the Greek word dunamis. Acts chapter one verse eight. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Come upon. <clears throat> means to arrive, amen, to occur. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. So there again, the witnesses is, the witness is the word martyrion, which is where we get martyr, wait a minute, martus, which is a witness, which is, come, which is by analogy martyr, you see. A martyr is one that's died, right? He died for the cause of Christ. And and so, a dead man, which is dead in Christ, you reckon yourself to be dead indeed in the same but alive with the God. You see, you're walking around. Now you have the power of the Holy Ghost. Now you can be a witness. Now you have another comforter, somebody else to assist you and quicken you and bring that word that Jesus has been teaching you, Lord of God. And Jesus said that. He'll teach you and bring all things to your remembrance. He knows, he's going to bring you and teach you how to bring, put first things first. The order of first things. Amen. And then, <clears throat> so, submerged into power. The baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You have the power of Lord God in your spirit. You can lay hands on the sick. You can cast out devils. You can raise the dead. You can make the... The deaf ears hear, the blind see, the dumb speak. Amen? It's faith toward God. You have that now because you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that's a tremendous, tremendous honor, glory to God. And it says that it's your power to be a witness. Be witnesses. Because you're dead. You see, now you exemplify me, Jesus. You're living after the Spirit. Amen? Alright, and Luke 24, 49... And, be, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with dunamis from on high. Endued means to put on, to sink into. When you sink into your clothes, you put them on. Wait till you be endued. Wait till you be clothed with power, amen. Because you're not going to be able to be my witness on your own. You see? And if you do it on your own, then you're out of order because it's about you. 
You understand? Wow. Now, uh, let's talk about the baptism into fire. And, and John alluded to this. This is, this is an introduction, you understand? We're, we're going to get into these a little bit as, as we go on. So, baptism in the fire, Matthew 3.11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. <coughs> Alright? And so, baptism in the fire is, the reason there's fire is because the works need to be made manifest. In other words, if they're carnal, that needs to be burned away. But if they're spiritual, whenever they get burned and tried, they're going to endure. They're precious, in other words. So let's take a look at uh, 1 Corinthians 3.13. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If you're speaking for yourself, if the doctrine, the teaching is of you, if, the, if, 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 you're, if it's all about you and you're seeking to glorify yourself, if the works are about you, if you're looking for the photo op to take a picture with the famous whatever preacher, you see, all that is about you. Hello, Mr. Vega. You understand? We're talking about the doctrine of baptisms, and right now we're on the baptism of fire, and fire makes manifest. It reveals what truly is there. And 1 Corinthians 3.13, it's going to be revealed by fire, you see. Every, and, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is, what quality it is. One thing about I love about Jesus, and, the, and they testified of him that he did everything with excellence. He did it well. He didn't put his hand to something and then just, you know, haphazardly do part of it. He finished it yeah, all the way through. I've been working with my sons on, on, on the process of tasks when they're assigned to you. You need to see them through. If your responsibility is to wash the white clothes, then you need to wash them, dry them, and fold them. If your responsibility is to work on the kitchen, you need to clean the kitchen. Right? All the kitchen. Not just wash the dishes. There's all there's more to it. So anyway. And, and the point is, is that, is that as we've been working through that, we've, I've been discovering that it hasn't been the case, that, that, that there's been a follow-through, in other words, the work's being tried. 2 Timothy 2, 19 through 21. Nevertheless, Lord of God, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, one of the things about what I work and I do for people and, and they hire me, I want to put the spirit of excellence on everything that I do. Amen. I want to know, I want them to know that if I do the work, it's going to be with the spirit of excellence. Amen. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Verse 20. <coughs> but in a great house. Excuse me a second. But in a great house, 
They are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, the dishonorable, in other words, he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified, and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. You see, the goal in the kingdom of God is to be sanctified and separated unto God, so that when he calls on you, you're ready. You've been separated, you've been sanctified, you've been cleansed. Sanctify them through thy word, Jesus said in John 17, for thy word is truth. You've been spending time with the precious one, which is our Father, which is the Word, which is Jesus. All right, now, let's get into the baptism into his, I'm sorry. Hey, Alex Hernandez, hallelujah. All right, so the work is being revealed, tried by fire. We have the house of honor and the house, house of dishonor. We need to purge away the dishonorable. In other words, the things that bring no glory to God. 2 Timothy 2.21, we're purged in holiness. Purged in holiness, 2 Timothy 2.21. For if any man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified in me for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. We want to be at that place where we are prepared to serve God no matter what the cost. Amen. Now, number five, baptism unto his body. 1 Corinthians 12.13. <coughs> Looks like we're going to make it to the end here. Hello, Monica and Eric. Hallelujah. For by the one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Into the body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made all to drink into one Spirit. Amen. Baptism into His body. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. See, the thing about the word of God is when the word of God is being preached by the spirit, and it exposes you, then the, then the, then the work there should be that your heart gets turned back to the Lord, because you've been exposed. You realize that you're naked and open. In other words, you're not covered. You're out of order. So we're talking here what the Word of God can do. And it, and it brings a distinction of the joints and marrow. The baptism in the body. The body, my body, has joints and marrow. Joints that are connected with ligaments and, 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 and so on and so on. And there's blood that flows in, in the marrow. The, the, the marrow is what produces the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. The nefesh, flesh, the nefesh, the Hebrew word for soul is nefesh. So the life of your soul is in the blood. If the blood leaks out, and, 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 and in other words, if you were to die because the blood is gone, you have no soul, you have no life. All right, in other words, you're dead. So baptism in this body, uh, we're joined together. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. For whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working, in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The body knit together, glory to God, banded together, amen, nourished and strengthened, compacted, as it says in Ephesians 4 there, 16, every joint supplies, amen, 
it's important that we that the body of Christ get baptized. I mean, in other words, that we understand the baptism in His body because as one unit, now our commander Jesus can direct us in this earth. Jehovah Shabbat, which is the Lord of hosts. Now we can move and work for God on a, on a grand and corporate scale. <clears throat> anyway, so nourishment minister Renferi Duran. Hallelujah. Nourishment minister, and that's in Colossians 2.19. These outlines, by the way, they're available on... on I'll be posting them up on the Facebook and... Uh, if you, if you have any desires to, to see all these outlines and to make a book out of them, you're welcome to do that. Um, just send an email to createdisciples at gmail.com and we'll get that to you. So, Colossians 2.19, And not holding the head from which, the whole, from which all the body, by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. So we increase with the increase of God. We're joined together. As, as God in you, God in me, we increase in God. We're made stronger. We're made more efficient. We're made more alive. Amen. So, Ezekiel chapter 37 talks about bone to his bone. How he prophesied that every bone was going to come to his, to his own bone. This is again baptism into his body. And it's important that we all be knit together and joined together so that we can work together and function as one in Jesus. Amen. Alright, we're going to get into now the baptism into sufferings. It's 10.04. Let's see, I've got two more. I'm just going to read one one scripture on each on each section here. Baptism into suffering. Matthew 20. 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee, the children with a, a Zebedee's children. Hello, Mr. Bomboy. With her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. They came to ask him a question. Jesus is a Marismos man. He knew why anybody would ever approach him first themselves. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She said unto him, Grant that these two my sons may sit the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. Hello, Mr. Hopper. Well, obviously, she didn't understand the kingdom of God. She wouldn't even ask that question. But Jesus answered and said unto her, You don't even know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I shall drink and be baptism with the baptism that I am baptized with? Can you go through the path that I've set and established and I'm going to establish at this time, at that hour that he was in? He was about to die. Can you die to yourself? <laughs> Woo! All right. And... You know, the bread, the wine, all these are symbolic of, of, of the body. Break the body. Distribute me, Jesus. Drink the blood. Drink all of me. Take all of me. As he told his disciples in John chapter 6, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood or you have no life. Zoe in you. Okay? And in that, <clears throat> hello, Mr. Cortez. In that, you see, many of his disciples turned from him from that moment. This is a hard saying. They said, who can who can understand this? And then he looked at the twelve. Are you going to go for me too? Are you going to go away from me? And Peter said, where else can we go? You've got the words of eternal Zoe. 
And it's true, amen. Where else can we go? Wow, man. Oh, I got to read another scripture. Isaiah chapter 53, 10 through 12. Isaiah 53. You see, a lot of us don't understand what happened when Jesus died and what he offered up. First of all, he didn't die in the spirit. Spirit is eternal. Soul is eternal too, by the way. In verse 53, Isaiah 53, 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see the travail of his soul, and he shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous, shall my righteous, righteous servant justify many, and for he shall bear their iniquities. You see, he died. The scripture says his soul was made an offering for sin. Well, when did that happen? When did he pour out his life? If you look in Matthew 26, it talks about the Garden of Gethsemane. This is when he poured out his life, his blood, literally. It's recorded that he sweated as there were great drops of blood. The pressure was so intense. It took him three hours to bring his soul under control and bring it back to under his spirit. Father, if it be thy will, not my will, but thy will. You see? And then he told the disciples, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. You better be watching. You better be praying just like I'm doing. I'm going away and I'm praying because i got to get my soul under control. Luke 21, 19 says, in your patience, possess your soul. You're going to own your soul. Impatience is the word who prominent constancy. Hello, Mr. Beefus. Constancy, you see. In your patience, in your hopomene, possess your soul. You bring consistency over the soul, watching over him. You see, that's how you possess him. And this is what Jesus was struggling with at this hour. So, we're not going to go into much more of that. By the way, I'm going to post later on these uh, YouTube my YouTube channel that I have and where I'll be posting these videos. One of those teachings is called the Marismos, and the other one's called Concerning the Monticos. Another one's called Root of the Problem. These are all teachings that have done, been done by Brother Randy back in the day, years ago, in the 80s. Anyway, they're still so relevant for the body of Christ, but the Marismos is the one that when you, you start learning about dying to yourself and why it's so important to get involved in the baptism into suffering. All right, so baptism into the cloud, this is the last one. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat that same spiritual meat. There's a, I, I, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna break off right here because we're going to get into something that, that's very precious regarding the cloud and how to move in the spirit and so on. And um, again, the outline will be posted. Wow, it's 10.09 here. Normally I go uh, one hour, but we'll get into uh, baptism into the cloud. Um, we're talking about Epi Coriego, the spirit, Galatians 3.5. And they added to the word, the Lord confirmed the word with signs, wonders. Mark Hebrews 2, 4, Mark 16, 20. The cloud is moving. Numbers chapter 9, 15 through 23. Exodus 33, 14. My presence shall go with thee. I will give you rest. You enter into his rest when you stop struggling, when you die to yourself. Hebrews 4, 6. 
My struggle ends where your spirit begins. In Numbers chapter 10, 34 and 36, I'm going to read this one. And the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day when they went out of the camp. And it came to pass when the ark set forward, in other words, when the Spirit of God moved, that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee from before thee. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. You see, when God has wanted to move and advance you, individually, as a group, as a body of Christ, He's going to go out before you. He's going to give you wisdom and understanding of what, what you need in the Spirit to see what you need to conquer. You understand? Hey, Mr. Sandoval, Lord of God. He's going to give you what you need to advance you in the body of Christ. And this is called the baptism into the cloud. So the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day, and they went out of the camp. And it came to pass when the ark set forward. you got to be able to know and understand how to be sensitive to your spirit and how to move with God. Jesus said, It's the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are pneuma and they are zoe. This is how you move in the spirit. You move because of that word in your spirit. You get involved in the corporate body and, you, and the word is confirmed with you. Now you're able to corporately advance and move forward and bring forth the work of God, the will of God, the way of God. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? That's a little bit about... I'm going to talk about one more scripture. Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. And later on, as, as we grow more in the Lord, we'll get into this more concerning pneumaticals. And again, the teaching is available on the YouTube channel that Brother Randy did years ago. And I'll be going over it eventually through the outlines and stuff. In Galatians chapter 5, 3, 5, I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 5. He therefore that ministereth minister to you the Spirit... And worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Amen. Hello, Miss Rachel Hanks. So the first word, minister, he therefore the minister, ministereth is the Greek word epi koriego. Okay? Epi means over, and koriego is where we get the word choreograph. Okay? When you choreograph a dance, everybody moves in sequence. So he therefore the minister to you the spirit. So that tells us right there that it's not the Spirit ministering to you, it's you ministering the Spirit. You understand? Moving in the cloud, moving in the Spirit. And he therefore that ministered to you the Spirit and worketh miracles. Worketh is the Greek word energio, which means energize, and miracles is dunamis. Miracles are energized. Energize is dunamis in the Spirit. He's moving in the Spirit. Does he it by the works of the law? Is it a dead work? Or by the hearing of faith, you have to move in faith, Lord God. If you're moving, if you move, if you move in faith toward God, you're trusting God's Spirit is there. You're moving with the Spirit. You minister. You serve the Spirit. Amen. And uh, well, that concludes uh, today's lesson. It's ten thirteen. And if you have any questions, you can email me. You can post them up here on the Facebook. I'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. You can send me an email, createdisciples at gmail.com. Hallelujah, Father. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for the body of Christ and his brothers and sisters that have been partaking and watching and eating of the bread of life, which is you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, how you quicken us according to your word, Father, for your word is truth. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that it is the Spirit that quickeneth, 
the flesh profiteth nothing. All the works and all the things that we come up with our flesh for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they're all dead works and they all come to nothing. Hallelujah. But it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are Numa and they are Zoe. Hallelujah, Father. We want to move by your spirit. We want to be led of the spirit, Father, for as many as are led of the spirit of God. These are the we of God. I thank you, Lord, for this precious day. I thank you for the seeds that have been dropped in the hearts, Father God. I pray that they would grow, Father God, unto the kingdom of God for your glory, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.